and regular potatoes are going to be provided. But there is a box in the foyer where you can bring non-perishable items and place those. Um, so, or if you'd like to donate money to that ministry, just make sure you, um, if you write a check or put it in an envelope, just make sure it's noted as Thanksgiving meal boxes. Uh, hanging of the greens will be next Sunday night, not tonight, but next Sunday night at 6.30. We'll be decorating our sanctuary for Christmas. We'll sing Christmas carols. We'll talk about the significance of the decorations, and then we'll have some refreshments when that is over. Um, and on that note, um, Marsha is head of the Christmas committee, and <clears throat> normally on our Thanksgiving meal Sunday, uh, we will take the time to preset all of our hang of the green materials in the fellowship hall and put up the tree in here so that it's all ready to go when we return from Thanksgiving. Uh, so if you'd be willing to help with that, just connect with Marsha or any of Marsha's designees who would be willing to help do that, know what's going on. Uh, and then finally, in a few weeks, we will have on December 3rd and 4th, the, the Centra Kids Silent Auction Fundraiser. You should have received uh, a half sheet of paper with some information on that about the fundraiser. Uh, so make sure and put that on your calendar. And I, uh, there, I noticed on the bulletin board outside there is a sign-up sheet. So, Jerry, is there, is there anything I need to add about that, or have I explained enough? Okay. All right. Very good. And one final thing, we will be providing Christmas assistance for 11 children this year. So if you're interested in, in being a part of Santa's Helpers, uh, there's going to be a wish or need list. It's going to be provided and shared on the bulletin board. You can donate to the ministry. Just write Santa's Helper on your check or on the envelope. And if you would like to, to shop, you can't afford to shop, you can be reimbursed from the funds that are donated. If you do shop, please wrap the items separately uh, with a child information tag attached to that. If you don't want to wrap, you can bring the items with the child's information tag to the fellowship hall. And then if anyone would like to help wrap, uh, there is help needed for that. But we ask that you please have the presents ready by December 12th. If you have any questions, make sure to see Marcia. Seems like you're overloaded, Marcia, right now. Amen. Are there any other announcements we need to make at this time? Okay. Well, I would ask you then, please stand. We'll have our call to worship this morning. Our call to worship today comes from 1 Corinthians 10, 16, and 17. Um, so we are centering on the Lord's Supper today. So uh, 1 Corinthians, this talks about the Lord's Supper Brooke, in, in a few moments, is going to read from John 6, which Jesus talks about um, eating, eating his, his flesh and drinking his blood. Uh, that's not cannibalism. That's just a reference to the Lord's Supper and the union that is ours in Christ um, through his sacrifice, through the faith that is ours because of the Lord. Uh, so um, just hope that and pray that this morning as we worship together, this will be a truly a meaningful time uh, for, for us all. So let's read these two um, slides together. The cup of blessing that we bless, is it not a participation in the blood of Christ? The bread that we break, is it not a participation in the body of Christ? Because there is one bread, we who are many are one body, for we all partake of the one bread. Let's worship together.
Would you join me with the word, for a word of prayer? Father, how grateful we are on this day to sing about our Savior. That the cross, the place where we first saw the light, the burden of our heart rolled away. We're thankful that grace is greater than all of our sin. Lord, if it were possible for us to see the magnitude of our sin, if it was possible to see its darkness, the depths of the evil, how odious and awful and stinky it is in your sight, how much it pains you, it offends you, that's, that human beings look upon their maker, turn up their noses in disdain, and choose instead of walking in his paths and his truths to turn away from the one who knit them together in their mother's womb and to turn to the very things that would condemn them to hell. Lord, it's awful for us to, to begin to get a, a picture of our own sin. Lord, convince us more and more each day about how exceedingly sinful we have been. Lord, against that, that very, very dark, very sinister backdrop. Upon it, put the, 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 the diamond, the flawless diamond of the gospel. Remind us of our flawless Savior, who did not think equality with God something to be grasped, but laid aside, he emptied himself, made it, became human, took on human flesh, never once relinquishing who he was as the Son of God, truly God, truly man, came to this earth, was totally obedient to you. He loved you with all his heart, soul, mind, and strength. He loved his neighbor as himself to the point of obedience, even unto death, death on a cross. Lord, show us the beauty of that diamond. Let it draw us nearer and nearer to the place where our Savior died, to the place where He rose again, where we have won a victory, not our victory, but Christ as our David has slain the Goliath of sin, and we as a result are victorious. Show us, Lord, the, the extent of that victory by drawing us closer to You and helping us to enjoy You more fully by drawing us into deeper cleansing, by conquering just as old Israel of old. You gave them Canaan. There was still work they had to do to drive out the Canaanites. Lord, give us the grace and power in our own lives to drive out the Canaanites, the buyers and sellers in our soul that would profane what you've done for us. Lord, help us to take off the old man, to put on the new man, to be transformed by the renewing of our mind that we might be able to test and approve what is good, perfect, and pleasing in your sight. Lord, help us to imitate our Savior. Help us to walk in his steps because he left us an example we might walk in his steps. Lord, may we claim boldly the inheritance that is ours in Christ. We might walk in deeper fullness of the Spirit. We might enjoy feasting upon the riches of the Word. That we might be filled to overflowing with the Spirit. That we would enjoy the fellowship of the saints. Lord, remind us Help us to look again at the beauty of that diamond, that gospel diamond. And to be reminded that there are those who have not one clue about our glorious Savior and the gospel, the salvation that He made possible. Lord, help us to draw others to gaze upon the beauty of the gospel and to gaze upon the beauty of our Savior. Lord, draw them to You. Give them the faith they need in order to repent of their sins, place their faith in Christ Jesus. 
Lord, we ask that in our day that you would revive your people, that you would revive your work in our midst, as Habakkuk prays, that we might see a great revival in our land. Lord, may it start here in each individual heart and spread over to our friends, our acquaintances, those in whom we entrust our lives, we fellowship with, may it spill over and be a fire in our church. May it overflow the banks of our church and spread far and wide. Lord, we trust that you are able to do that, so we ask humbly, believing that you can, and pleading, Lord, with you that you will. We love you and we praise you. We commit the rest of this time to you. In the name of our Savior, we pray these things. Amen. This is John 6, 48 through 58. I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness, and they died. This is the bread which comes down out of heaven, so that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread that came down out of heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread also which I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. Then the Jews began to argue with one another, saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? So Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in yourselves. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. For my flesh is true food, and my blood is true drink. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me, and I in him. As the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so he who eats me, he also will live because of me. This is the bread which came down out of heaven, not as the fathers ate and died. He who eats this bread will live forever. We have our ushers come forward at this time to receive the offering. Jared, can you lead that? Uh, never mind. Let's just go ahead and worship.
You may be seated.
I invite you to take your copy of God's Word and turn to the, to the 63rd Psalm. 63rd Psalm. If you didn't bring a Bible with you, you should find a hardback black one, hardcover black one somewhere around you. If you'll start from the front of the Bible and find page 418, you'll be at Psalm 63. Uh, it says 1 through 11 on the slide, but we're actually just going to read verses 1 through 8 this morning. Title of this morning's message is "The Lord Alone Satisfies." Um, part of the reason why I chose this particular text this morning is because, um, rightly so, the Lord's Supper, in its sim- symbolism, it, it talks to us about the gospel and salvation. It explains to us that that Christ Jesus. His body was broken and His blood was shed because, as Hebrews says, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission or forgiveness or putting away. There's no atonement for sin. So Christ Jesus was that atoning sacrifice. He's the one who drew us into a reconciled relationship with the Father. We, all should, we should remember that every time we take the Lord's Supper. But one thing I wanted to stress to us this morning, and it's appropriate for this morning, is that the Lord alone satisfies. There is nothing else in this world that satisfies us in the way that the Lord Jesus Christ can satisfy the weary soul. I invite you to please stand, follow along as I read Psalm 63, verses 1 through 8, and this is God's Word. O God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh faints for you, as in a dry and weary land where there is no water. So I have looked upon you in the sanctuary, beholding your power and glory. Because your steadfast love is better than life, my lips will praise you. So I will bless you as long as I live. In your name will I lift up my hands. My soul will be satisfied as with fat and rich food. And my mouth will praise you with joyful lips when I remember you upon my bed and meditate on you in the watches of the night. For you have been my help. And in the shadow of your wings, I will sing for joy. My soul clings to you. Your right hand upholds me. Lord, we need to be convinced in the the starkest way possible, Lord, that you alone satisfy. Yes, Lord, we appreciate and we rejoice in the gifts Remind us that the gifts were meant, they were given to draw us to the giver. Or cause us to be satisfied more in the giver than the gifts. We pray it in Christ's name. Amen. You may be seated. One thing I did not read, but I do want to draw to your attention today. A lot of Psalms have what we call a superscript. When you look above verse 1. Notice it says, Psalm of David, when he was in the wilderness of Judah. The wilderness is often a place of testing in Scripture. When Israel left Egypt in the Exodus, they were in the wilderness and they were tested. There was no food, there was no water. Israel, when they got to the edge of Canaan, they were tested. God sent, told Moses, send in spies and and let them come back and give you a report. Twelve spies went, ten came and said, we can't do this. Only two said, if the Lord brought us here and he gave us this land, he will give these enemies into our hands. They were tested in the wilderness. Jesus himself, not immune to testing in the wilderness, You recall in Matthew chapter 4, the Holy Spirit threw him. That's actually literally in the Greek what it says. Christ was 
thrown out into the desert to be tempted, to be tested by Satan. Israel, during its wilderness testing, grumbled and put the Lord to the test. Why, Lord, would you bring us out here only to kill us by hunger and thirst? They failed to believe that God would give them the victory over the superior Canaanites. And it's so ironic considering what God had done for them with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm bringing them out of Egypt, parting the Red Sea, giving them manna and quail. Jesus, in contrast, trusted His Father in the truths of His Word. And we see David also in the wilderness. And he's expressing trust in God. And as we see in the text, a deep longing for God. Now why would I spend time belaboring this point? Wilderness times often reveal the condition of our souls. It reveals what we trust in, what we long for, what we turn to for satisfaction. And in the wilderness, those things are stripped away and our souls are laid bare. Wilderness times serve to detox our souls and to point us to our deep need to be satisfied, satisfied in God. John Piper, you've heard me say this many times before. God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in Him. If that is not true of you today, I pray that we all would use this Brief meditation as a time of preparation before we receive the Lord's Supper. And I want to lead you in that. First of all, I ask you, make, as David did, a declaration to God. Notice what he does in verse 1. He says, Oh God, you are my God. Out in the wilderness, stripped from the things that he could draw on for strength, He says, God, you are my God. And he says, earnestly, I seek you. We've got to be reminded. There's so many things in this world. They're all decorated pretty with nice lights and shiny things. They draw us to them because we find some sort of satisfaction in them. But Christ Jesus, remember, in Mark chapter 8, verse 36, He says, For what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and yet lose or forfeit his own soul? Friend, what are you earnestly seeking now? And ask this question. Will your seeking profit you worldly gain to the forfeit of your own soul? Make a declaration to God today. Tell Him, Oh God, You are my God. Earnestly, with all my heart, I seek You. Confess to the Lord any worldly idolatry that you have, any seeking in this world Things that only can be found in God for the Lord alone satisfies. Also, I ask you to admit your desperation for God. Look what David does in verse 1. He says, my soul thirsts for you. It's also translated, my soul yearns for you. On the way home the other night from the ball game, Sydney and I were listening to, don't judge, Christmas music. And I'll Be Home for Christmas came on. And I don't know if you know the background of that song, but it was written during World War II. And you're supposed to have, when you listen to that song in the back of your mind, soldiers on the foreign field serving, listening to this, yearning for home. Can you imagine? I can't imagine. Being away from my family, being in harm's way at a special time like Christmas. And to have this deep hurt and longing and yearning. And David says, God, that's what I have in my soul. I deeply need you. 
My flesh, it faints for you. I want you to notice how, and, and, and we must learn to do this. Notice he says, my soul and my flesh. So often we just concentrate on the, on the, on the spiritual and forget how being away from God, being in a wilderness can remind us that we're not just a soul. We're not just a spirit. We are a whole person. And just as our soul cries out for God, our flesh needs Him too. We need to, because we are, we're not just a brain. We're, we're not just signals going from brain to nerves. We desperately need God Notice what David says, how deep his thirst is, as in a dry and weary land where there is no water. I want you to notice something. David doesn't say, my soul is thirsty. It's thirsty for something. Lord, is it you? Lord, my, my flesh is fainting for something. Could it be possible that it's you who can give me the thing for which I long. No, that's not what David says. David has experienced the Lord. He knows that only the Lord can quench his thirsty soul. He knows by experience, by experience, that only God can strengthen his fainting soul. He knows that having everything but lacking God's presence is like being in a dry and weary land where there's no water. Losing everything, everything, but having God's presence, by contrast, is an oasis for the soul. So I ask you today, where are you turning when you have wilderness times of desperation? Are you grabbing frantically for your usual sources of support and strength? Let me go a step further. When you grab for those and they fail, how do you respond? Do you turn to despair? Do you begin to despair in yourself? Consider this. Maybe God is giving you a blessing in disguise to show you that He is the one for whom your soul so desperately longs. I encourage you, tell the Lord today, Lord, my soul thirsts for you. My flesh faints for you. Lord, I'm in a very dry place, and I need you. Not just your gifts. Lord, thank you for those. But Lord, I need you. And finally, I've said, make a declaration to God. Oh God, you're my God. Not only that, admit your desperate need for God. But then, seek satisfaction in God. The Lord alone satisfies. Notice how David says he finds satisfaction in the Lord. In verse 2 he says, So I have looked upon you in the sanctuary. Now he's talking past tense. But I want to tell you today, if you are in a dry place, spiritually, Physically, you have come to the right place because you can behold the Lord in His sanctuary. Here, in the supper, we see the power of God and the glory of God. And we can be satisfied in God's presence here, His power, His glory. Notice in verse 3, David is satisfied with God's love. He says, because your steadfast love is better than life. Better than anything this life has to offer. Anything. Better than any trip. Better than a bank account full of money. Better than the highest status in the land. Better than the closest friendships. Lord, your steadfast love is better than life. Friends, let's be satisfied in the love of God today. He says, 
Because your steadfast love is better than life, my lips will praise you. So I will bless you as long as I live. Notice what David, when he is refreshed in his soul, notice how his body comes along. My lips will praise you. I will bless you as long as I live. In your name, I will lift up my hands. Notice how he is satisfied, verse 5. My soul, it's not just his flesh, his soul. My soul will be satisfied. As with fat and rich food. He's saying this, Lord, you, the finest table I could imagine. Decked out with the best food. He said, when I have your love, I feel like I'm full of the best food this life could possibly offer. That's the kind of satisfaction God can Give. David is satisfied in who God is. Look at the end of verse 5. It says, And my mouth will praise you with joyful lips when I remember you on my bed and meditate on you in the watches of the night. He thinks about the person of God. What he knows about him. Not only does he know those things about him, he knows the person of God. Friends, let's be satisfied in in God, in His person. Let's be satisfied as David is in verse 7. In the protection of God, he says, For you have been my help. We all can say, looking at the supper, Lord, you have been my help. And in the shadow of your wings, in the shadow of your salvation, I will sing for joy. David also is thankful for the Lord's preservation. He says in verse 8, My soul clings to you. You know, sometimes when we have kids walking in the door, on Sunday mornings I reach out my hand to them, and almost instinctively, if they don't want to shake my hand or whatever, they will run and they will cling to their parents. And you see the parent trying to, you know, do this job right here. That's what we need to be. That we, Lord, uh, friends, if I could just encourage us all to be so satisfied in all of the things that David finds satisfaction in, we could be so satisfied in the Lord that we want to be like that little kid, just cling to his leg. Lord, your right hand, your strength upholds me and preserves me. And as we are satisfied in all of these things, God's presence, His power, His glory, His love, that we can be satisfied in worshiping Him. We'll be satisfied in who He is, in His protection, and His preservation. May we find that our soul is richly, richly satisfied. Let us pray together. Thank you, Lord, for your servant, David. Not a perfect man. None of us are. But he knew where he needed to turn. In his wilderness moment, he knew that he needed you. I can imagine in the position that he was in, he could probably think of many, many gifts that he would ask you for. But in that moment, he said, more than anything, Lord, more than anything else, I need my soul to be satisfied in you. Lord, when we talk about being satisfied in you, perhaps to us that sounds like something foreign. That we're not quite sure, Lord, how do I do that? I'm so incredibly grateful for your word and for our Savior who left us an example of how to be satisfied in you. Thankful for the Spirit who can guide us. Thankful that we have each other where we can lock arms and say, let us together be satisfied in God. That we can spur each other on toward love and good deeds. We can help each other to be satisfied in you. Lord, where our, our minds fail to conceive our need for you, show us in 3D 
our need for you and how you can satisfy and draw us, Lord. Lord, I don't think I'm alone here. I need to be satisfied in you. Pray this in Christ's name. Amen. We're going to sing only trust Him. If there's any sort of decision you need to make during this time, um, I encourage you to do so. Then after we sing a verse or two, then we'll receive the Lord's Supper together. Let's stand. come forward, those who are going to help serve this morning. That would be you, Joel. All right. Um, Just a quick reminder, um, this table is open uh, to those who receive Christ Jesus by grace through faith alone. Um, it's, there's no works to be added to in, in order to receive the Lord Jesus Christ. It's by grace we're saved through faith. Um, you don't have to necessarily be a member of our church in order to, to receive uh, the supper. Um, moms and dads, I know that this will be an opportunity for you to talk to your kids about what the Lord's Supper is all about. But if they have not received Christ, not been baptized, we ask that you just let... The plate and uh, the bread and the cup go by. I want to read to us before we um, actually, it's been so long since we've done this, I'm a little out of sorts. So I want to ask, Joel, would you lead us in a word of prayer and we will receive the bread together.
1 Corinthians 11, verse 23. For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Sam, would you lead us in a word of prayer before we receive the cup?
picking up again in 1 Corinthians 11, verse 25. In the same way also he took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Paul concludes this section. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Let me close this in a word of prayer, and we will sing the doxology and be dismissed for lunch. Father, how grateful we are for the sacrifice of our Savior, the one who was delivered over once for all for sin, the just for the unjust to bring us to you. We rejoice in that. Where fellowship was broken, now it has been restored. Where we were enemies, strangers from you, strangers to all the promises, now we have been brought into the family, adopted. We've been made one with our Savior Christ Jesus. What a remarkable remarkable transformation has been brought about in us. Lord, all the glory, all the praise belongs only to you. Lord, remind us that just as we have we've taken the bread, we've tasted it. We've drank the cup, we've tasted it. Remind us, Lord, to taste and see that you are good. Help us to find our satisfaction fully in you. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. Let's all stand together and we'll sing the doxology and we'll be dismissed. Mm-hmm.